<clears throat> Hello and welcome to the Jarrett D. Emerald podcast. This is episode two, uh, which will serve as my individual analytical presentation number two for my AFRAS 260 class, Africana Literary Study. Now, in my first uh, analytical presentation, uh, I talked about the theme of AI uh, in the uh, books, movies, and short films we have we had seen in class. Now, in this podcast, I will be talking uh, about the black protagonist. Uh, that's going to be my overarching theme, um, kind of the history. Uh, and progression of the black protagonist, as well as uh, some of the great portrayals we've had uh, and read in class uh, to watch and read, like I was saying. Now, uh, I wanted to start with the portrayal of Harriet Tubman in the movie Harriet, uh, which I thought was an absolutely perfect movie, and I was actually mad at myself uh, for not knowing about that movie before this class. Now... The truly remarkable story, uh, I thought was like a perfect dramatization uh, of the actual uh, facts, um, and it captured my attention for really the full watch time. I was really on the edge of my seat, um, so I commend Professor Brown for uh, suggesting that movie and having us watch that. Um, I was really hooked by um, the strong portrayal of Minty at the start of the film. Uh, and how she took uh, to claim her free name as uh, Harriet Tubman. Um, I did not know the history of Harriet Tubman before her name was Harriet Tubman, so I thought that was very interesting. Um, And kind of just positioning her as the protagonist in the story, although it may seem obvious, uh, is just really like a genius thing to do. And I'm I'm not, I'm like very surprised uh, there are so few movies Uh, having her as the protagonist because she's obviously a wonderful uh, character study. Now, when she treks her first 100 miles um, by herself and with the aid of um, some of the other rail uh, railway uh, conductors on the runaway or on the uh, underground railroad railroad, excuse me, um, it truly shows just how powerful and determined. Uh, she was to either be free or die trying to be free, um, which I think is a very important um, topic that has been reoccurring in class, um, that just the topic of um, just mental slavery and not truly being free um, until death, um, but also until uh, you're able to live life outside of uh, the plantation. Now, her unwavering motivation (coughs) is then easily passed on to the rest of the Underground Railroad abolitionists as she does what nobody else really has, and that's return to the South to originally save her uh, her husband, uh, which then, after he tells her he's remarried, turns into saving her family, uh, which is equally as uh, good morally, you could say. Now, the sheer grit and will it must have taken to make that second journey, let alone more after that, Um, truly impresses all around her uh, and inspires the entire Underground Railroad uh, movement um, in their efforts to uh, end slavery. Now, the relationship Harriet had with her slave owner uh, and his son 
son's name is Gideon, and he's uh, <coughs> our antagonist for most of the film, is very interesting to me, because uh, as a black protagonist, Harriet seems to be uh, obsessed over by our antagonist, who's a white man, um, and that really flips uh, a lot of the genre uh, on its head, because a lot of the times uh, we see uh, possibly in, in a black horror film, uh, as, as we'll talk about later, uh, a black male obsessing over a white woman. So the, the trope is almost flipped over its head on this point, uh, as Harriet is obsessed over by Gideon, who uh, kind of fetishizes her, um, wants to keep control over her, wants to uh, push the narrative of master and slave um, in like this really messed up form of sadism uh, that really portrays him as a good antagonist in the sense that we really don't like him by the end of the story um <clears throat> now the uh aspect of uh fiction in this story uh science fiction or you could say just historical fiction uh is the uh, messages from from god she receives that saves her uh in certain instances when she would die if she would continue on the path she's going currently um and i felt that that necessarily didn't ground the story in reality, but it did add this extra layer um, that maybe made the story less believable, um, but at the same time, uh, it made it more special, um, and I really didn't have too much of a problem with it. Um, now, the story uh, resolves uh, in the end in a way that nobody really could have seen coming, and that's with Harriet sparing the life of Gideon um, and telling him that she would rather see his body dead uh, on the battlefield of the Civil War, uh, which is truly a powerful statement um, and empowers not only her story and what she stands for, um, but the fact that she doesn't want to uh, kill an unarmed man who maybe not, uh, who maybe isn't innocent at that point, um, but he is unarmed, um, and that just shows her great moral standing um, and how much of a great leader she was and is um now uh also another part i really loved about the book uh or about the movie excuse me was um the follow-up and her portrayal of a sergeant in the civil war which was amazing to me because i didn't even know uh that happened after she um stopped bringing slaves back and um i felt like this movie really opened my eyes in the sense that I didn't know that she did these wonderful things in the detail that she did. Um, and historical fiction, although sometimes it may be stretched, it seemed like a, a lot of this movie was coming from a factual space. Um, and I really respect the director for going that direction. Now, <clears throat> she truly embodies... Uh, the perfect female black protagonist to me, um, just because she might be the most well-renowned um, African-American woman of all time, uh, other than, obviously, Rosa Parks, Michelle Obama. Um, but just the portrayal of Harriet Tubman in this uh, film, I thought was truly remarkable. Now, moving over to the Underground Railroad, um, we see another female black protagonist in this story. Uh, again, flipping the genre on its head, uh, which I think is important to do uh, and allows for more creative control from the writer 
uh, or director, either one. Um, now, when starting this book, I was very confused by the time jumps, but as you kind of read through it more, um, the time jumps just become easier and easier to understand. Now, um, I loved, looking back on it, the story uh, of Ajari, who is Korra's grandmother, um, and her, uh, the story of her and how she was taken um, from uh, her home and brought to American soil. Um, <clears throat> and it's truly just kind of brutally honest about the lengths that uh, Ajari went to uh, to try to escape uh, and even kill herself uh, instead of end up in chains. Um, and that kind of history is what motivates Korra uh, at some, uh, in some points through the story. Um, Korra even states in the first chapter that uh, her grandmother's words stopped her from leaving the first time, but her mother's words are what allowed her to leave this to leave with Caesar the second time and I think it's important to think about um, just the effect our ancestors and generations before us have on our certain motivations and uh, what we want to do in life now um, as we read more we learn how independent Cora is and the lengths she'll go through to protect what is hers uh, like when she destroys the doghouse to protect her land um, and as Caesar finally convinces Cora to run away, like I said, she says that her mother's words and teachings has have guided towards answering yes, have guided her towards answering yes. Uh, yet her grandmother's uh, held her back before, um, but she does finally decide to leave. Um, and as we learn more about the story uh, of her mother later in the book, we can see just how uh, much of a motivation uh, Mabel is to Cora. Now, um, another uh, fact uh, about this story that I truly enjoyed was the literal railroad that replaced the Underground Railroad, uh, the factual Underground Railroad in the story. Um, now, it's obviously just as we've we've watched in class and as uh colson colson whitehead uh has told us everyone when we first hear the the words underground railroad we our minds jump straight to a literal railroad underground sort of like a subway system um and it's kind of just very creative and it kind of brings a little bit of like youthful exuberance out in the story uh just which i which i really like and it's made it much easier to read now, uh, as the book progresses, it becomes easier and easier to follow these time jumps, uh, sort of like the Witcher series on Netflix, uh, where time jumps are just inevitable and you kind of have to put the pieces together. Um, uh, the, f the more you watch or the further you read, that becomes easier. Um, now, I felt these side stories uh, that accompany along uh, our plot in this story were very interesting um, in the fact that a lot of the side stories uh, ended up affecting the main story in one way or another or representing uh, Korra in one way or another. Now, um, obviously the Caesar and Mabel stories um, affect two parts of Korra's life, um, but both together kind of motivate her uh, to leave the Randall plantation um, and continue throughout her journey. Um, and without those two side stories, I don't think we, we could have ever known that. Now, um, 
ethyl uh, serves as a big, a big kind of problem in this book for a lot of people, especially in class. I know we've done discussions and ethyl uh, always gets kind of uh, talked badly about or hated on in the class. And I felt the same, definitely, um, because of just the simple, like, superiority she believes she has over African Americans in the story. Um, The whole um, finding someone help their wallet, which you stole, I think was a perfect analogy that someone used in class. Um, And... Ethel is definitely the type of person that did that, but it's that would do that. But it's also uh, important, I think, to think about the story um, and her character foil, who is her her husband, um, who's truly a kind person and helps Cora out in her time of need, no matter uh, what Ethel says. Um, So I feel like it's it's important to think about both sides of the coin there. Um, Now, in the uh, end of this book. I think it's important to think about just what Cora is escaping from. Um, And although Ridgeway may not be on her tail anymore, I think uh, just similar to the things we've talked about in class, she's never truly going to be free um, until slavery is abolished in the United States. Um, Now... The uh, ideas explored in the Caesar paragraph, I think, are interesting uh, when it comes to um, the way privilege and colorism is displayed in the book. Now, um, although they don't outright say it, um, we all know that some slaves had more privileges than other, and it's kind of crazy just to think about Uh, the concept of a slave having privilege either way because they're owned by another person and considered property. Um, But it's definitely a true statement. Um, And his kind of reverse uh, journey from uh, his happy life uh, into a more harsh slave-owned territory is kind of ironic. And um, it's almost better that he found death in the end because he... uh, That was the only way I think he could have been at peace um, in the story. Now, um, I definitely really loved both of these stories um, and felt that they were kind of explained even further through uh, the documentary we watched, um, African Horror, uh, the History of Black Horror, um, History Noir uh, documentary episode. Um, And... I truly loved the progression uh, that the documentary um, portrayed where it stretched from times where um, blackface was used uh, and no uh, black actors were allowed on set or in any of the film industry uh, to the point now where uh, some of the best and brightest horror films and actors uh, are black men and women. Now, uh, the commentary given by Jordan Peele, I think, was some of my favorite um, due to me being a big fan, uh, definitely, of his comedy career in Key and Peele, um, but also his transition into this horror genre, uh, and also his perpetuation of the black protagonist, um, which I think is very important to have um, in any media setting. Now, um, without, without creators pushing boundaries like like Jordan Peele has and ha- like 
countless others have. Um, I think there's no way we would have, we would have ever seen a renaissance in the black horror genre. Um, and I think it's important to push um, the black protagonist in all forms of media. Um, and that's the only way true great actors and great directors will be seen. And uh, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. And I uh, hope to see you again soon. Thanks.